You are listening to the Give Me Five podcast, episode 171, side A. A. Your mom. This is the Give Me Five podcast. We are a semi-entertaining show about very entertaining things. This is a side A episode, and if you are new to the show, what that means is we're going to talk about mostly current pop culture, entertainment news, weird Florida dudes, music, books, whatever we happen to use to entertain ourselves this week. My name is Greg Cougar Marcus. And I'm joined by Jimmy the Animal McCurry <laughs> and Rob Chocolate Thunder Dungan. <laughs> Thank you! That is yeah. not a reference to the basketball player. Uh, that is, in fact, a reference to what he does whenever he borrows someone's bathroom when he's staying with them. Particularly after going I, to a Brazilian I steakhouse. I have some chocolate thunder. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. This week, we're going to talk about a bunch of stuff. First of all, the South Korean space opera. Space Sweepers, which is a name I can never seem to remember. <laughs> Seems like such a kid's movie name for a movie yeah. that's not for kids. Surprisingly enjoyable, actually. I loved it. I... Put it on as just a background thing, and it ended up being something we're going to talk about. So that's uh, good. We're going to talk about... Good, Jimmy? I said very cool. That was very cool. We're going to talk about, very quickly, the latest shocking events of WandaVision. We've kind of been revisiting this because the show has been so such a weird variety of stuff. We're going to revisit that a little bit. And then uh, these two guys, I think, checked out the Freaky Friday-inspired horror film, Freaky. And uh, I decided that I want to talk about the new Foo Fighters album. Is there anything else that I missed there? I don't. I I think that covers it for this week. So this is a review show. There's probably going to be spoilers. We are going to avoid any... We'll try to avoid any major twists, but when talking about things like WandaVision and, and some of these other movies that we've actually really enjoyed, we're probably going to spoil some shit. So, use your own discretion. If you think you might want to watch it, check it out, come back and listen to what we think of it, and then you can send us emails and stuff and tell us what you thought of it. We'd love to hear from you. We do love to hear from you. News, Jimmy. I see your... Yeah. Headline, and I'm just, yeah, go ahead. Oh, everyone's a fucking vampire. So you don't have to wait to see the vampires, because everybody's a vampire. Including director Glenn Danzig. Who has, what he says is a brief part in his new film, Death Rider in the House of Vampires. He plays a character named Bad Bathory. The movie stars Devin Sawa, if you remember that guy who was on the cover of every single, what, Tiger Beat? 
like, all the girls like, talked about eight school. years ago, nine years ago. Ooh, more than that, sir. Hmm. More than that, I believe. It also stars his girlfriend, Ashley Wisdom. Is it Ashley Wisdom? Ah, crap, I already forgot. Who, in a recent interview, said that their favorite thing to watch together is Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Oh, my God. So a little insight into a Mr. Glenn Danzig. You can now watch the trailer. We have talked about this before. Making cameos in this film are Danny Trejo, of course, because I think he'll be in any movie. And also any Eli any Roth. horror western, he's going to be there. I think he'll just be in any movie at this point. Though so he yeah, does play a vampire again, plausible as he did in From Dust Till Dawn. Well, if you were uh, waiting for Glenn Danzig to improve at all as a, a filmmaker, um, I don't think this is the movie <laughs> that's going to show it. You can see the trailer for yourself. Again, that movie is Death Rider in the House of Vampires. And I, for one, can't wait to see what a train wreck this is going to be. An absolute train wreck. So I can pretty much see what this movie is going to be, just if you look at the character names. It is going to be a retelling of Dracula. Uh, but yeah. in the West. Because there's... Like me, instead of me, it's in a Mina Harker. It's Mina Mina May because they they do a thing where they put up each character and then they show it. Yeah. Um. And of course, there's a Bram Stoker character, which I that was uh, was that no Bathory was was uh, Danzig. Bad Bathory is Danzig. Yeah, Bad Bathory. But um, a lot of the character names were westernized, like old west versions of uh, classic Dracula characters, and. <laughs> So you can pretty much tell that's what it's going to be, you know, just like when someone will take Macbeth or or uh, yeah. Hamlet and turn it into something else, uh, which means that it's going to be even more of a train wreck than we thought. Mm-hmm. And I too am interested. I couldn't yeah. bring myself to do the whole uh, Veronica thing because I just had a oh. feeling it was going to be too naked. It's it's too much, and I say look for more of the same. The trailer begins with a woman on horseback. Uh, with her top pulled down for some reason. Doesn't need to be, but it is. And I don't believe it's Danzig leaning into the cheese. I think that he thinks that this is a cool movie that people want to see. And he's just delusional. Yeah. I, the, or, and honestly, that's that's kind of the feel I get from most of the stuff that Danzig does, is that he's like, man, this is awesome! And you watch it and you're like, what the... This guy for a time, for a time this guy. it was awesome. But he's just he's old and horny. Now he has maybe a little demented. So when he started the misfits, Jimmy. How when I say demented, I mean he's got actual dementia. He, no, he's always he, been this way. Like not not demented, but but it like like he's actually aging and has dementia. <laughs> that that's where I think we're at with Danzig. Could very no, well be. He was always like that, but oh, here's what it, what it is. It's what he became super famous. What 17, 18 years old with the Misfits, right? 
I have no idea. Well, I don't think they were super famous. I mean, he got, for the stuff he liked, he got raised up on a pedestal by a small group of people. And then he did his solo stuff, which for the most part did the same thing. And he has this group of fans for what he does. And there's no one telling him that's not the mainstream. And maybe he doesn't care. 22. Um, as, as with, uh, Veronica, he is very proud of the fact that he shoots in raw and applies no post effects or filters to his films. This looks like another one. It, it really could stand to go through that process. It, it yeah. really, really, really could, and it could help to improve it. But I'm still looking forward to it because it's going to be like watching a car wreck. Yeah, in our patron-only chat, we we noted that uh, like anything that's out in the desert looks like it was shot in some sort of like Epcot ride about the desert. You could <laughs> yeah. clearly see the matte painting in the background and a bunch of yeah. sand piled up. And one really strong uplight that they're using as a downlight. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, and uh, speaking of Disney, yeah. some sad news. Mm, in the world of Disney. Yeah, yeah, so, awful. of course, Jimmy and I, most of our friends, at least coming through through work and school, are 3D artists and or motion graphics artists or people that have worked within the film, film industry. And the other day, uh, one of one of our, well, your f- former coworker, my coworker, was like, Blue Sky is closing. And I'm like, what? So I forgot somehow that Blue Sky Studios was purchased by Disney. Uh, they, of course, were the creators of Ice Age. They were the creators of uh, uh, Rio. Uh, what else? Uh, most recently, Spies in Disguise, which I enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Horton Hears a Who. Ferdinand uh, Ferdinand won awards. Um, it was good. It was not a rewatchable movie. Other than for the pompous German horses. I like the pompous German uh-huh. horses. Flüleborg, who's going to be in the new <laughs> Suicide Squad movie for about yep. two seconds before he dies. Probably. Jennifer poops at parties. <laughs> yes. Uh, so the the Blue Sky Studios of Disney is dissolving it. Now, Disney does have two other studios, of course, the Disney Studios and Pixar. Uh, there was a movie set to come out in 2022 called Nimona that is being canceled. So I don't know, does it even matter what it was about? I didn't because it's not happening. Uh, sad thing, of course, is that 450 employees will be let go. Uh, Disney is, in fact, trying to merge some of those employees into his their other, uh, you know, studios. You know, oh, you're a good lighting person. You can work at Pixar, that kind of thing. Uh, there is an Ice Age show still coming on Disney Plus at some point. Mm. So that's a thing that's going to be happening. Uh, mm. And, you know, it's, it's interesting because you see a lot of the people and you're and then you find out, like, it's like, oh, that's really sad for all those people. And then you hear see people comment. It's like, oh, yeah, I, I used to do audio with so-and-so who was the voice of Scrat. You know, oh, that sucks. John Leguizamo? The voice of Scrat? No, it was, just, it was actually the, the head, uh, whoever the head of the studio for Blue Sky was the voice of Scrat. Ah. But always, a little bit of sad news out there. Yeah, always sad to see <clears throat> when that happens, I'm actually not choking up. I had something in my throat, but at least Disney had the decency to not fire them in the parking lot. And um, 
I, I, but I don't believe those people will be out of work for very long. Incredibly talented, and you know, capable. that was the second best th- uh, computer animation studio out there. Maybe, well, I guess Illumination is out there too. The Despicable yeah. Me and yeah. all that stuff, but number two was either Blue Sky or or Despicable. Um, also, one other quick news: uh, Sonic Two, Sonic the Hedgehog Two, is going to be called Sonic the Hedgehog Two. What? Ooh. I know, Super and it is. Creative. I know it is due out on uh, April eighth of two thousand twenty-two. Gimme, gimme! <laughs> that's that's almost like nowadays, just kind of throwing in the towel and saying, "Ah, f it." You know, it's it's too hard to come up with a name. Let's just call it yeah. Sonic the Hedgehog two. Now, if you look at the the title, you know the joke here, of course, was in fact they made a joke about it on their thing. Like we've spent all the time figuring out the title, but if you look at the actual title, the number two has two tails hanging off of it. Oh, you see tails at the end of uh Yep. At the end of Oh, sorry, spoiler. Oh my god, Jimmy. I'm so sorry. And you even see the echidnas in part one. So I believe we will be seeing tails and knuckles in part two. The whole Sandy, uh, first one was great. That's all I got for news. Rob, you got anything? Um I I just saw a news story earlier this week that um in a move that really shouldn't surprise anybody, uh, EA is expanding its portfolio and purchasing Glue Mobile, which means it can make more money-grabbing games. Yeah. Uh, if the, quote, freemium. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-mm. Shouldn't surprise anybody. Ooh. EA is the devil. A lot of money. Duck. But they bought Glue Mobile for $2.1 billion. Billion dollars. So that means everything is going to be monetized. Yeah, and I don't, I will never stand in the way of a company making money, but if the game is offered free, then make it so you can at least play it and win it, and that the extra stuff just makes it a little more fun. Mm-hmm. Don't make it so you can't compete. Uh, Glue Mobile, the creators of Kim Kardashian's Hollywood. Yep. Yep. And their hope is to draw in more, or one of their hopes is to draw in more female gamers with titles like Kim Kardashian's Hollywood. I'm not sure if Kim Kardashian is much of a thing anymore. I don't know. I don't either. You're right. Kim Kardashian West. Sorry, guys. I know. They're getting divorced. (laughs) Or so another person who got famous because she had sex on film. So that's uh, Paris Hilton, you, and Mm -hmm. Kim Kardashian. That's right. Yeah. Well, let's see. uh, Okay, here's here's your your, uh, transition here. Uh, When Rob had sex on film, he did it in Florida. Well, and 47 other states, but... Well, Greg, WTF also happened in Florida. That's true. There was someone else that really, really wanted to have sex. So he hit on a young woman mm-hmm. via zoom and you know, whatever I'm sure it happens. It's kind of embarrassing because there's other people around and all that, but this guy, Demetrius Lewis, he was hitting on his judge in the middle of a court appearance. Wow. <laughs> and there's really not much more to say about that, but it was a virtual court appearance. Yeah. And Mr. Lewis uh, saw the judge who judged Tabitha Blackman. Yeah. Blackman. Blackman. I don't know how to pronounce that. Blackman. Blackman. Uh, he was like, judge, you are so gorgeous. So gorgeous, judge. I just had to tell you, you're gorgeous. And she was like, well, flattery will get you everywhere, but maybe not here. 
but maybe not here. Oh, yeah. oh, judge. Uh, so he was. Uh, it was a bond hearing for alleged robbery, and he uh, uh, didn't get. He didn't get a chance to lower his bond, so he did get a five thousand dollar bond um, because there was probable cause to charge him. But the dude yeah. has a giant cojones. I'm always worried about these kind of cases where, when you do like. I had to go and like they didn't mention what the tra- the case was in the first article, so I had to like seek out the actual thing because like if it was like murder or <laughs> rape or something like that, you don't want to be like, oh, this guy's funny, but yeah, it was robbery. Not that that's much better because you know people that get robbed obviously feel like their their life was invaded and whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, that's Demetrius Lewis, our Florida man of the week. Have you ever oh. had an inappropriate uh, pickup? In like a, in a wrong place, uh, like, like, or, or have you, I guess because well, we're not like hit on you, girl types. But do you ever meet saying, a? I was gonna say, how often do you get hit on? I've never. I think the worst one. It wasn't bad. Like, I did at. Uh, I had to go to traffic school back in college for my first ever ticket. I didn't have to, but I did to lower the the cost, and I did get a date i did ask someone out for, for a date there and we went on the date and it was fine but i think yeah. that was like the only place that i ever like hit on someone where it was like a weirder place not just like you know online dating or something like that mm-hmm. but, yep. nope you got me yeah you got one up on me sir yeah family reunion no <laughs> Ew, Greg. Yeah. Well, topics. I think. Yeah, we're into our topics. Oh, wait, no. Let's let's do some Wandavision here. Oh, yes. We'll start off with that. Uh, Spoiler time. Big spoiler. You guys in the chat room that weren't spoiling anything, but you were like, "Holy crap! Holy crap! Holy crap!" Ironically, I was at Disney for my son's birthday. We were staying at a cabin. So I didn't have access to Disney Plus, but everyone's yeah, freaking out about it. That was super dumb because we had the same problem when we stayed at Wilderness Lodge this past weekend. You can't access Disney Plus from Disney property. Oh, so dumb. Uh, wait, well, so we were like right next to you, each other? You can if you take your Amazon Fire Stick. Uh, yeah. Well, I, I just watched it on my phone. Well, there's that too. Everyone, everyone's freaking out, so I decided to watch it on my phone. Hey, to you be can't fair, cast your phone to the TVs in Disney. Uh, it didn't matter. To be fair, we we were just really excited about it. No, there was no spoilers for Correct. all of you people that are like, well, I don't want to be part of this chat room. They're going to spoil everything now. Should you become a patron for just $5 a month, a Starbucks coffee per month that you can find at patreon.com, give me five podcasts. You will get access to that chat room. Now, uh, I, I make this point because we have a spoiler room. We have different sub chat rooms in there. So if you guys do come in there and become a patron, you can join in on the fun. We are very good about that. I promise there are other levels as well. But by becoming a patron, you get to have a birthday episode where you get to pick the film. You get to have a top five list made for you. And the other levels include uh, hosting an episode and some other 
perks as well and some of that are on the way so that's my big disclaimer for that <laughs> you're not going to come in and and see a bunch of spoilers immediately so okay so one division sorry you stopped before i expected and i'm eating red hots my favorite my dad's favorite candy that i got some oh that's because yeah. they're very hard to find so yeah. i Cool. Greg is going to continue to chew, and we're going to talk about some WandaVision. <laughs> like, I don't care. I, I think there might be some spoilers here, but yeah. the the last... Didn't we talk about the last episode in the last... We talked about episode four last episode. So this is episode five. Mm-hmm. Episode four was the one uh, outside of the wall, so to speak. Oh, okay, okay, okay. And episode five, of course, was the one everyone went nuts over. And again, we're not going to recap the whole thing here. Yeah. Not really what it's for, but... Were you guys surprised at the big shock ending? By the way, here's the spoiler part. Uh, no. You were not surprised? No, because they alluded to it. I was... I Go. was surprised not by who was at the door... I was surprised by who was playing who was at the door. Yes. That that's what that's me as well. Like I knew who was going to be at the door. They yeah, of course I, this was 100%. mimicking the 80s style uh uh sitcom, very family ties, very growing pains. I thought uh complete with the opening and the jokes yes. and all that. The nosy neighbor, you know, a lot of the the same things you would expect. And now, now that that character is here, what do you think the possibilities are that the next episode is going to be full house style? I'm, I just want a, you got it, dude. (laughs) Telling you. You got it, dude. Before the spoiler, sorry, if you hadn't tuned in by now. Before the kids get too old, I need a you got it, dude. Because yeah. if they're fifteen, if they're fifteen, sixteen years old, they it, they it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. No, but they could use uh, uh, Jody Sweeten's tagline. I don't even remember what it was, but I know that she had one. Oh it, yeah, uh, it was. Hey, don't be a stranger, you guys. That was not it. <laughs> no, that, that's that. That was right. that was not it. Hers was an upset one. Like she would say the same thing when she got upset. Yeah, no, I I was I'm not looking it up. I was not surprised. Oh, it was uh, how rude. Oh, that's it. How rude. Yeah. No, I was not surprised. They alluded to it so many times, and I thought that person was going to show up earlier in the episode. Um, but it was God. It was very much like you said, Greg. Completely and totally the thing that they would do at the end of full house, the thing they would do at the end of golden girls, you know, it just open the door. That person is there. Cut. Now you There's... actually expected to be that actor as well, Jimmy. Um, I, I didn't really think of who What's funny, because we still have not really spoiled it. Yeah. So well, the, I mean, but I'm going to right now because it was Pietro. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wanda, they haven't actually called her the Scarlet Witch, although they've made fun of the fact that she's not the Scarlet Witch. <laughs> right. uh, Wanda's brother 
Pietro. However, there are two versions of Pietro in the movie world because Pietro Quicksilver mm-hmm. is an Avenger, but he's also a mutant, so he's also in the X-Men world. So Fox and Disney had to split time with this character. And when Fox, of course, merged, this that, I guess, merged or merged into Disney, they ended up with both versions of that character. Now, one of them is dead. The, the Marvel Universe one got killed, I think, was it, what? In, Two, Age of Ultron. It was in Age of Ultron, okay. And the other one was I was still alive. And the other one, uh, is, I don't know who played the first one, which is saying a lot here because the other one was played by Evan Peters, who is actually a bigger star due to a lot of his stuff he did on uh, American, American Horror, Horror Story. Story. Yep. He's got that that following. Um, so he is brought in, which could be, and we don't know the first merger or revelation that there are in fact mutants in the first merger of the two universes. I was going to say, it's also a head nod and they could go a million different ways with this and the multiverse. Mm -hmm. That's true. Now, of course we have no idea what's going on behind the scenes. It could have been a one-off. It could be nothing, and we could just be freaking out because we know about the Marvel history mm-hmm. of what they've done. And it really depends on Evan Peters', Peters uh, agent, really. You know, is he signing a multi-picture deal? Is he going to all of a sudden show up? We don't well, know. I mean, it might just continue in the TV show as opposed to being in the movies. But I there's there's too much implicated by this move for it to be a one-off. Yeah. They open the door. Right. I really think that this is going to open up that Pandora's box, so to speak, of combining the universes. Um, I think, I I mean, I think we're going to end up with the X-Men. I don't, however, think that this is the last big character reveal. Agreed. I still think we're going to have a big character reveal at the end of season one. That's what and, they've been doing with a lot of these shows. And yeah, I I think it could be Alanis Morissette. My, I, absolutely, <laughs> Alanis Morissette. But my money is on one of two people. My money is on either A, Benedict Cumberbatch coming in at the end to transition to the multiverse of madness. His movie Ben's where, a Dream coming in. Yeah. Yes. I can see that. Ben's a Dream. Mm-hmm. And get in the driveway. So I could see him being the big reveal at the end, but the other big reveal at the end could be another from the Fox universe. Margarita. And I would, and I would be just as happy with that one. If we ended up with Ian McKellen. Oh, her father. Luke. Yes. Magneto. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Margarito. One other little thing. There was a bunch of cool stuff. I love. I liked the implication of them getting older just because I was watching this the day of my son's eighth birthday. So the implication of the twins getting older every time there was like something that was holding them back or whatever. Mm-hmm. I thought that was interesting. I And a little sad. Uh, the first time they showed the door, it looked like there was something outside of it. It looked like there was a glow coming through the thing. I do not know if they meant this on purpose, but if you ever look back at some of the old Avengers comics, not too old, like uh, early 2000s Avengers comics, there is a big story with Scarlet Witch referred to as the closet, 
where there was a uh, a shot of a, a closet, closet and witch. and I yeah it was the closet witch. No, it was it was uh, Wanda's closet, and I believe that Hawkeye looked in there and was shocked at what he saw. And they did the thing where it was off camera; you never saw what it was. And then that was the end of the comic, and they somehow something happened, and they never revisited it. But it was supposed to be the next big story. I don't know exactly why things didn't happen or what was going on, but it's like for the com- the big time comics readers, um, I think it was Brian Michael Bendis that was writing it. They're always like, "What is it?" And he's like, "Well, they don't know if it's something good." Everyone assumes that it was the fact that the twins don't exist, which we could already figure that out. Um, but. I think they kind of because it was even the same framing of the shot of the closet and the way they showed the door. Um, I was like, "Oh, that's kind of cool." I actually got chills out of it. So if they did not mean to do it, they were successful, at least on me. Hmm. WandaVision episode five. Anything else? One other theory that I can't take credit for, or one other thought that I can't take credit for, because I I actually heard it on a. Uh... Uh, video today. I, I was kind of thumbing past YouTube and I figured I'd watch a, a video about WandaVision. They they had a thought and I'm like, oh, that that would be awesome. And that would be a great introduction as well. And it would blow people's minds as far as the multiverse. At the end of WandaVision season one, having a character framed in darkness and having Wanda to see the character. SpongeBob as, SquarePants. Exactly. Yes. No. As as the light, as the character walks into the light, you slowly see the the image of Captain America. And then Captain America looks at Wanda and does the flame on thing. If you remember, Chris, Chris Evans played the human torch in the Fantastic Four. Uh, and it, it would be a weird little mindfuck kind of thing, but then they'd have Chris Evans playing two characters, but Chris Evans has stepped out of the role of Captain America. It could be a way for Chris Evans to step back into the MCU as well. Chris Evans, I, I don't think he wants to. He, he never wanted to be that kind of action hero, oddly enough. He was mm-hmm. very much a... He's very granola. He's very much a... You know, want to do kind of smaller pictures, you know. He, I, he was. If he could have his way, he would have done more stuff like Scott Pilgrim, than a major budget. He happens to be good at it, but, um, I don't. Know, he's he's definitely one of those that likes doing a variety of things. So I think he's he's officially I, done. But I loved him in the Losers. Yeah, he's great in that. Yeah, kind of middle budget, and he was in. Uh, was he in Knives Out? He was in something yeah, like he that. Was. He was the uh, he, he was the bad guy. <laughs> yeah, in Knives Out, he was oh, the yeah. bad guy in Knives Out. Yeah. No, he's he's slated more spoilers. Film. So many spoilers. Oh, yeah, but God. we already talked about Knives Out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Chris and Evans if did. the people are listening to this now and didn't listen to our episode about Knives Out, well, then they need to go back and listen to it so they can be spoiled twice. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, You're let's let us move on. America. Now. I will say I don't think that is an accurate prediction simply because of the clues that we've already received. And one of the clue, one of the big clues that we received was uh, Paul Bettany talking about a, a very accomplished actor that he never had the opportunity that he hadn't had the opportunity to work with before. So while, while that would be 
that would fit the bill of Ian McKellen very nicely. It could also fit the bill of Benedict Cumberbatch, who was an accomplished actor and had, and they have never actually been in the same, they've been in the same MCU universe. They've even appeared in the same movies, but they've never been together. Hmm. It's going to be Han Solo. Totally. Yep. I'm excited for it. Okay. Go Han. So let's do, let's do Freaky. Let's get freaky. Let's get freaky. Let's get freaky. Freaky came out on November 13th. Yes, that was a Friday the 13th of 2020. It is on Netflix. It is streaming. Uh, I watched it on Amazon. I watched it on Amazon as well. Yeah, no, I don't believe it's on Netflix. Um, It is available for rent. I've got some breaking news here, guys, real quick. Uh, All over my phone, and it is our fault, because we are talking about uh, Rob watching lots of porn. Uh, Larry Flint has just passed away. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Uh, Hustler publisher Larry Flint dies at 19, dies at 78, not 1978, uh, dies at 78. um, The magazine that really left nothing uh, to the imagination. A magazine that I'm sure Glenn Danzig is a Big fan of. Yes, a lot of asshole pictures. Mm. Uh, rest in peace. Both. There. Yeah. So we killed another Sorry. one. Yeah. Okay, yeah. continue. And we're not even going to talk about the avalanche that Jimmy caused. Yes, we will not. The film. They found the people under the avalanche and, like, the only thing on their, on this, on their phones was this podcast they were listening to. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Too loud. Freaky, directed by Christopher Landon. It's starring Vince Vaughn, Catherine Newton, and Celeste O'Connor. They say it goes something like this. After swapping bodies with a deranged serial killer, a young girl in high school discovers that she is less than 24 hours before the change becomes permanent. I would say that's accurate. That is completely accurate. And when, and the, I, I think the reason we came across this was because I was wandering around Walmart and I saw this and I was like, oh, I hadn't heard of that one. And I looked at it and I was like, oh my God, it's a Freaky Friday mm-hmm. where they switch bodies and one of them's a serial killer. Yeah. And Vince Vaughn is going to be playing a 17 year old girl. <laughs> I am all in on this. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I want to watch this. Those are actually the biggest selling points that I would have picked too. Yeah. So- Vince Vaughn playing this the the seventeen year old girl, yeah, more so than the seventeen year old girl playing the serial killer. And and surprisingly, Vince Vaughn is is very intimidating as the serial killer. He did he did an excellent job selling the role of Jason, so to speak. And 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 it's really weird because they had a couple of nods to other horror slasher flicks such as Friday the 13th where Vince Vaughn wears a mask while he's while he's killing these kids. One of the other ones I happened to catch, I don't know if anybody else caught any others, but one of the other ones I happened to catch is that at at the at one of the football games they were at, one of the football players the name on the back of his jersey was Strode, S T R O D E. And I was like, "Oh my god, that's a nice little callback." And I, I was, guarantee you there's a lot of those then. If there's two, there's got to be more. Oh, and I was trying to catch as many as I could. There was one that I was trying to look up because I I was figuring it had to be something. 
but I couldn't come up with anything. There was there was a prominent listing of the name Natalie Wyatt. And I'm not sure if that's a nod to anything or not, or if I was just looking too much into it. But anyway, the the movie itself is actually really entertaining. And Vince Vaughn did everything that I expected him to do, and I loved it. It was great. He he was very funny. He was very entertaining. He was in his Vince Vaughn glory. And then even as the serial killer, he actually did a really good job playing the psycho serial killer. And I was like, I, I could totally see him in more roles like this. And well, if you and remember, fact, he was I in would... that speaking of psycho, if you remember, he was in the psycho remake, the shot for shot remake as, as Norman, I can't, I just said Norman Osborne, but Norman <laughs> yeah, as Norman Bates. Actually, I did not remember that. Yeah. So he was in that and it was, that was his first like big starring role. It was a weird movie because it was a shot for shot movie of a classic Mm -hmm. that didn't need to be shot for shot remade, but he wasn't bad in it. Right. He has, he has very intimidating eyes. Yeah. And that, that's one of the big things that you notice and, and the mask that they chose for him to wear in this movie actually let you see his eyes. I mean, you know, you know how sometimes in the Friday the 13th movies, Jason's eyes are kind of obscured. Mm-hmm. And it seemed like the way that they the way that they framed the shots, his eyes were like lit. So I don't know whether there was like a light or something under the mask to keep his eyes lit, but you could actually see his eyes in almost all the shots where where you had a view into the mask. So it and like you said, he does have really expressive eyes and and he's so big. What is he like? Six four, six five. Yeah, he's tall. I'm. I always any of these switch movies or mistaken identity movies or someone's been framed movies gives me such a weird feeling that I can't. That I'm not sure if I would like this. Mm-hmm. Like, and I don't know if everyone else gets that feeling, but it's like that feeling of frustration, like they couldn't. You know, like I was. I just watched the trailer when you told mm-hmm. me about this, but. So it gives you that little this the little feeling of frustration, frustration, crustacean. Where I'm like, yes, it gives me a feeling of crustaceans. Uh, where I am like, you would sound like a crazy person if you tried to tell somebody, no, 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 I'm really him. Like, look, you know, I know that you like this person, or I know you did this, and I was there at your birthday. You know all these things. Like, if so, if you guys came to me and said, yeah, we switched brains. Like, I would think you're crazy people. And, like, I get that same feeling when I watch the movie. Like, how would it be possible to switch back? And it tends to keep me away from those kind of movies. Hmm. Now, one of the things I did like is, while it was kind of a stretch how he got the people that he got to believe him that he had switched bodies, it was limited to only two people. And he convinced them both at the same time. Yeah. I think they added. No, they, well, they did add a third. Oh, they, they did add the third. Yeah. You're right. You're right. There's a third point with right. that connection. And that yeah. was, that was totally gross. But, <laughs> but there, there was, there was another one that he, that he convinced. And even the way that he convinced that one was, was very convincing. Yeah. And I, I get, I mean, I guess I, I get what you're talking about, Greg, but it wasn't something the the way it was done, it was, it was goofy and it was, uh, you know, silly and very self-aware. And so totally Vince Vaughn. 
Oh, 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 man. It was so Jack Black Jumanji. You know, you're just waiting for the... Perfect, yes. You are correct. You're waiting for those parts that a grown, you know, a, a, a teenage girl is now in the body of a grown man. So you're waiting for the dick jokes, you know, you're waiting for the, you know, stuff like that. And I, I, it, it was it's like a fleshy anteater. <laughs> uh, so, you know, just like in, in, um, in Jumanji, I, I thought they did a really good job with, with that. They didn't spend too long on it. It wasn't distasteful or anything. So I, I don't I I don't I I think you'd be fine with it. Gotcha. It's Honestly, always when it's always when it. the person that has swapped the body starts uh ruining people's lives that drives me nuts or when someone like uh, you know starts acting poorly in front of someone's parents or so, I don't know there's something about it that like skews me out like oh god even though I know it's really something that wouldn't happen. This yeah. one walked that line pretty well. I'd have to say. Well, and, and keep in mind, she switched bodies with a serial killer. So, well, yeah. I mean, that's kind of what the serial killer is going to do. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I I honestly think you'd enjoy it. You should I probably check it. it out. I sure yeah. I enjoyed the shit out of it. Yeah. I thought it was funny. I even, Jen and I sat downstairs and watched it. She, she really enjoyed it as well. She thought it was very yeah. funny. Yeah. So this is, uh, well, you got it on, on, at the store. Or did you get it on? I, I bought it on Amazon Prime because it was like fourteen dollars at the store. Yeah. Okay, so you can buy it on Amazon Prime. You've probably seen this movie advertised. At least I did a bunch uh, early December, late uh, November. It was one of the big on my Amazon box thing. It was one of the big ads. Um, or you can rent it. It's like four ninety nine. So yep. if you're a fan of slashers, if you're a fan of Vince Vaughn at all, uh, especially his character in just about everything that he plays. Whether it be mm-hmm. dodgeball or wedding crashers, etc., he is Blumhouse really... movies. You're if you're a fan yeah, of that Blumhouse for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it's the same team. It's the same team. I don't know if it's the same director, but the same team that did uh, Happy Death Day or Birthday, whatever that just movie is. Goofy film with a really awkward and weird backseat kiss, and the <laughs> most. <laughs> so, I was like, uh, oh, there's oh, 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 what? Oh. No, and then the the best use of an Aaron Rodgers mask I've ever seen. I yes. I was dying. It's Aaron Rodgers, he's a, a famous quarterback for the Green Bay Packers, he's just walking around in this loosely fitting mask, tripping over everything, yep. so people wouldn't recognize him as the killer. Oh, <laughs> and yeah. and I I will say they they upped the ante. With their kills, because they had some really great and creative kills. Yes. Yep. the 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 very first The very first scene where he took out the the group of teenagers, Jimmy. Yes. Loved every one of I was them. Curious. I was like, "Damn!" Yeah, I was. They were very creative, and the practical effects that were displayed in those were very good. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a it's a uh, it's a love letter to um slasher films and and body swapping so go go into it expecting that you'll be pleasantly uh pleasantly pleased nice pleased as punch 
I'm going to talk about some music now. Talk about some music, Greg. Talk about some music, Greg. So, the Foo Fighters released an album on February 5th, and it is called Medicine at Midnight. And this album was actually supposed to come out about a year ago, um, like 11 months ago or something. Uh, this is the 25th year of the Foo Fighters. They were going to do something for their anniversary. They wow. they wanted to release this album, world tour. Uh, you know they they love what they do and they take risks. So this time they wanted to make an album that was a little more poppy, a little more fun. They said they've never done it. You know when you talk to musicians, they they know what the drum what types of drum beats are and all that. And they said they wanted to do something with a little bit more of a rhythmic kind of dancey feel to it to get people bouncing around and having fun. I can feel. And they, and they, uh, you know, did that. And all of a sudden we have a pandemic and they were like, well, shit, we can't have people dancing around having fun and going on these big fun party tours to celebrate our thing when we can't tour. So they, they didn't scrap the album, but they put it on hold and they released a couple songs throughout the year. Uh, however, if you guys, well, I know you know, I know you know Jimmy, but if you know anything about Dave Grohl, he loves music. He sure does. He's he is in a bunch of different projects. He'll yeah. do fun things. He'll. I don't know anything about Dave Grohl. He's awesome. He loves Other music. Other than probably. the fact that he's got a big house that they used in Bill and Ted, <laughs> that wasn't <a, laughs> that wasn't even his house actually. Uh, I think he has a house in Virginia. Uh, I'm much... North Carolina. Uh, Carolina ish. Yeah, yeah, on the coast. It's not the house that was in the the movie. Mm-mm. Anyway, so they, uh, you know, he's just a, he he'll do he'll do fun stuff. He of course got his start in Nirvana. He after Nirvana broke up, you know, obviously the the suicide of Kurt Cobain mm-hmm. caused some problems, and he was like, I guess I'm not doing music anymore because you know they blew up so fast that he had just wanted to be in a band so he could pay for his apartment and just play music but they got huge. And then he stopped for a while and then he was recording in his basement and that became the Foo Fighters. And he, the second Foo Fighters album was a masterpiece, I think. Um, and then it became more of a thing. And now they're 10 albums in, uh, they take risks. They'll, you know, they'll one of the albums they recorded each song in a different city and tried to, and learned about the city and tried to match the style of the city. Mm-hmm. That's not, a cheap thing to do and it just, yeah, let's try it. I want to learn more about, you know, yeah. I want to learn about Nashville and what's, yep. what's there. I want to learn about, you know, St. Louis, all these other, other cities. It's not so, cheap, but they are not strapped for cash. Oh no, no, no. I mean, they're not doing this stuff for free, but they're still, you know, taking risks out there. Yeah. They're also not doing it just as a job. Like you were yeah. saying, Dave Grohl played drums on the, uh, Irish Nails album with teeth. I yep. always love that little. He played drums on the the first uh, Tenacious D album. Mm. Mm. Uh, so this album was rec- was actually produced by a pop uh, record producer. There's a band called The Bird and the Bee, which I've not heard, but I'm going to have to look them up. And it's an indie band. And Dave Grohl recognized the guy at some restaurant several years ago, and was like, "And it's this very obscure band." And he was like, he went over to him. He's like, "Oh my god, I love the bird. I love the bird and the bee." You know, what do you? what are you guys doing next? He's like, well, uh, I'm going to get back to the record thing after I'm done producing uh, Adele and Adele and Beyonce's albums. And he was like, you're a producer. And he's like, yeah. So they ended up becoming friends and 
he they wanted a more of a pop feel, so he produced this album. Um, the album is it's interesting. It definitely I did catch the pop thing at first because I'm not. It's hard for me to figure out what pop is because I like I know it's the Foo Fighters. I did know it had a different sound, but I wasn't able to pinpoint what that sound was. Uh, it does. It is mostly a happy album. It's uh, there's really only one kind of more down introspective song in there. Uh, he actually did decide to release it after he did that drum solo thing with uh, that the British girl Nandy Bush Nandy Bushel. Mm-hmm. He was he she challenged him to a drum off on YouTube, and he responded, and they went back and forth. Yeah. And then they ended up writing a song together. It's not on the album, but it's just like a fun little thing. I think they did that over the summer. And he was like, yeah, you know what? People can dance in their own house. Let's let's release it. So he did it. A uh, couple of the standout songs, I think. Uh, Waiting on a War was is really good. The story behind that one I like as well. He was he was When he was thinking about the song, it was because his daughter was asking if we were going to get into a war with North Korea. It sounds more more down there but it's more about the fact that we're not and he was like man my daughter's worrying about the same stuff that i worried about when i thought we were constantly going to be in war with russia and it's like it seems like we're always like the different generations are always wondering what's next mm-hmm. and maybe we should just not wait on the wars and enjoy life kind of thing um so that, i like that song a lot uh the opening song is making the fire it has a lot of like very 70s styles na 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 na, na kind of stuff I think it's his daughter actually doing the nanas. Uh, the first title, tra- the first track they released was "Shame Shame." I, I've depending on how I hear it or when I hear it, I either like it or not. Um, like the first time I heard it, I didn't like it. A couple other times I did, then I didn't again. I'm not sure if I like that song perfectly. Like I wouldn't purposely put it on. Uh, no son of mine, I really like. That's the heavy rock song on there. And there's another song on there called "Chasing Birds." It's it's the second to last song. It's very floaty, like Imagine. So those are the, those are the standouts I think, and uh, you know it's if you have a streaming service you can play it, and I think the album's going to play really well live. It's going to make for a very fun party type concert. Yeah, and I I can't wait to see them again. They're they're so much fun live. Fun live band for sure. Even though that asshole Dave Grohl stepped on my foot once. Ah, you should have punched him in the face. Yeah, he was, and then he was all like, "Sorry, man." Yeah, and I was all like, "Oh, no problem." Holy shit. And he smiled and walked away. <laughs> God damn awesome. It. Speaking of people that smiled and walked away, Rob has disappeared. Rob has disappeared. I didn't leave because my microphone was over his video screen. Yeah. <laughs> well, crap. Because what's going to happen next? And well, since Rob doesn't know this conversation is happening, what's going to happen next? What's that? Is the fact that you announced yes. the previous, you announced Freaky. I announced Foo Fighters, so he has to announce the next one, and it's all Korean names. Get it, Rob. And Rob is back. Oh, shit. You guys were waiting for me? We were. We were. I had to pee. Uh, Well, (laughs) since uh, Jimmy announced Freaky and I announced the Foo Fighters album, you get to have fun with all of the Korean names of Space Sweepers, so have fun. <laughs> you bitch. Oh, <laughs> yes. You would all right. do it. Well, a couple of us came across this movie on Netflix called Space Sweepers, and I think all of us had the same reaction when we looked at it. We're like, oh, this this looks interesting. This might be good, especially look, watching the trailer or the, the highlights that Netflix shows you when you click on it. That's exactly what got me. It's that first shot of the ship 
mm-hmm. with the, the things going down that looks like a cargo ship. I was like, what a cool design. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, it was released on Netflix on February 5th of this year. It's directed by Sung Hee Jo, starring Song Joon Ki, Kim Tae-ri, Seon Kyu Jin, Hyung Ji Kim. Man, those are actually all the real names. I should have put some fake ones in there, but I didn't. For you. And <laughs> basically, it's set in the year 2092 and follows the crew of a space junk collector ship called The Victory. When they discover a humanoid robot named Dorothy that's known to be a weapon of mass destruction, they get involved in a risky business deal. Now, that's mostly accurate. I don't... It's the first 30 minutes of the movie, maybe 45 minutes of the movie. Well, I don't know that Dorothy's actually a robot. Correct. They think she is. Right, they think she is, but I don't think she's actually a robot. She's harboring robots. Yes. She's the cure to something that's going on, but... Yes. She's very important. So, I put this on late last night, mm-hmm. thinking, well, if it's good, I will keep watching. If not, I will go to bed. I watched the whole thing. Uh, I loved it from the very beginning. I could see its flaws. Uh, this is... I. I don't know much about South Korean cinema, but this is the first big budget South Korean space opera, as they, as some people were saying, like reading different articles about it. Uh, it looks great. Really does. Um, the s- space aspect of it, or like the ships, I love the, the design. I love the look. The feel is somewhere in between. Some of those, I don't remember any of their names, but it reminded me if you just... Uh, let's see. A lot like the Expanse, but the Expanse is way more realistic when it comes okay. to space and like how flimsy some of these spaceships are when they're like punctured with bullets and stuff. So it has a feeling of that. It has a feeling of nowhere in Guardians of the Galaxy, looks wise. It has a little bit of, mm-hmm. of uh, Total Recall feel to it. Yeah. Um, some of those sci-fi movies that came out like four or five years ago that didn't do very well, like Jupiter ascending and stuff. There's a little bit of that in there, but um, for the most part, if you like any of those things, you're going to like this. Uh, What did you guys feel? I felt nothing because I'm dead (laughs) inside. No, I felt nothing because I didn't watch it. Oh, well, I, I actually agree with you there. There was, there was a lot to look at in this movie the the special effects for uh, was this was this release was this a big budget film in South Korea was it released in South Korea this like, is a this was a very big budget film obviously you could tell uh-huh. uh, it was supposed to be it was made it was a fully South Korean film even though it has a variety of different um, actors and speaking part you know people speaking different languages it is a full South Korean film it's not and yet like, another it, one of the movies where they actually have actors saying their lines in different languages yes. Um, because they're very, very obviously the English lines, they were actually, they, it matched up with what they were saying. And I was yeah. like, oh, okay. So they are talking in English. Okay. Yeah. And we're the French guy. And, and, uh, so it's, it was definitely a South Korean film, uh, which of, that, that did confuse me at first too. Cause I'm like, well, one of the things that I, d- I was, I was all in on that because they set it up perfectly at the very beginning with the, when the guy goes to the, to the, reclaim area or whatever to try and take a look at the body yeah and and the the lady sitting at the desk 
says something to him and he's and he talks to her and she takes out her earpiece and starts banging it on the table and she's like the damn translator's out again so everybody in the movie is wearing these translators so it doesn't matter what language you're speaking everybody understands what you're saying and i'm like all right (laughs) thank you that works that that works i can i can get behind that now now it is not weird for me to see it and i don't i don't have no issues with it so i like that um where was i what was i going with that so um south korean movie lost my train of thought which happens uh, it boarded uh, at the station. But oh I'm no! Not. It was supposed to be um, a wide release in theaters, like ah. everywhere. That's what whoops. It but it couldn't be a wide release. I wasn't theater. laughing at that. I was laughing at Rob's comment about. Oh, you just heard that? <laughs> yes. Um, the 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 basic story. What you heard some of it, but there is a you know there's a. We'll say a bunch of rich people that have a separate Earth, which is a this giant floating island out in space, mm-hmm. and that basically dumps a bunch of toxic trash down below onto the Earth. The Earth is completely desolate, very Wally like. Yeah, the Earth is like. kind of inhabitable without yeah. like gas masks and stuff. Yeah, but there's enough people there that they have that Earth still exists. Now, the person that runs this this planet, he's this godlike creature that is apparently he's a person but he's lived for a very long time and he yep and he wants to basically forget about earth but people refuse to do that so he's like well fine i'll just destroy it that's a the basis of a plan kind of a weird plan but it is what it yeah, is especially since you kind of depend on everybody there because they're the working class yeah exactly. which, which doesn't really make any sense to me and it's it's very obviously a uh, elite versus the working class type of movie. Yeah, and it's so that part didn't make sense. And his he wanted to he basically showed that he could use these little nanobots to to make Mars inhabitable. And he was going to be like, okay, now Mars is our new planet. We don't need to worry about Earth anymore. Let's just destroy it. And his way of doing that is he was going to blow up. Was it a factory planet or a factory satellite thing, and have it crash into Earth, mm-hmm. ending it? But the little girl that we've talked about, Dorothy, has these has these nanobots, and these nanobots basically rebuilt her. And it's possible that, in theory, if these if nanobots could rebuild Mars, they could, of course, clean up Earth. So he needs both Earth to die and the little girl to die. And like I said, there's some flaws. So he puts the little girl on the, this factory thing and wants to blow it up and crash it into Earth. And that's kind of that. Uh, the villain is played by my favorite uh was he a dwarf in uh in uh the hobbit series rob um it's, not sure it's uh uh the damn it i should have looked up his name um i was all confused with faces because i thought the shop teacher and freaky was edward norton this, the one that sings the re- the really cool like uh journey song in the hobbit uh, he's a British actor. Uh, is let me see if I can find it. Space sweeper, good radio right here. Is uh, you can talk about something you like as I do this if you'd like. Okay. Are you talking about the the Hobbit trilogy or the Lord of the Rings? Yes, uh, Hobbit. Uh, Richard Armitage was oh. was the okay. Yeah. So he, I was like, oh, cool. So they actually did get they did pull some some bigger name actors. 
and uh, the space battles I thought were really good. Mm-hmm. The the robot the robot villain guards were pretty cool. There was there was a lot that I really liked about this. Um, I could have seen this as a series because I really I liked exploring the the drug kingpin good guys history. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really great. Um, the, they definitely pulled at the heartstrings with the the former soldier that fell on hard times and lost his daughter. Mm-hmm. There was just a lot to like with this, and if this is the first you know major production like this from from South Korea, I'm looking forward to see what's next. And there could technically be a, a sequel to this because it's doing very well. I believe it was number and, one and or I, number four or something on Netflix. I, when I watched it, I believe it was number three. Okay. Um, and and I would I would definitely be interested in checking out any kind of sweet sequel or anything that they do as as far as in this vein because they I felt that they did they did a great job with this. I was I was riveted for the whole for the whole show. I liked. <laughs> I really enjoyed Bub the smart out or uh, what was it? Bub was Bub? great. The the smart Alec uh, android or the smart Alec droid because he's not really an android. He's he's all metal. He's a droid, but he does have a personality, which was very entertaining. I loved his harpoon thing, like the way he was attacking the ships, jumping from ship to ship, throwing the yeah, harpoon in, in space. Yeah, that was neat. Like I would love to see a video game like that. Uh, that'd be so much fun. It, it would probably frustrate the cap, crap out of me. I would be like, I can't hit these damn things. Yeah, but he was he was great. Um, probably probably the standout actually was was that droid. I don't know why I didn't even mention him, but uh, I like the 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 twist too, which I won't ruin that one for you. But the the the, the twist was great, and I it, I did not catch it at all. Um, towards the end, so. Okay. I highly suggest watching this if you have not watched it. It it was very entertaining. And Jen was actually disappointed she didn't sit down there and watch it with me. She's like, oh, you're watching a space movie? I'm like, yeah, it's actually pretty good. She's like, oh, man. I'm looking forward to checking it out. But the, the special effects were excellent. It was... It was a very good story. They kept you, they kept you engrossed. They kept you interested for the entire film. Like like you said, Greg, the ending was kind of a surprise. You were like, "Oh, oh, okay, this is that kind of oh, it's not all right." Yep, I was like, "Rogue One." Yeah, never mind. <laughs> yeah, okay. So check it out. It is on Netflix uh, again. It is called uh, Space Sweepers, and if you're looking for good sci-fi, uh, it, the Expanse. Just finished season five. If you were one of those people watching that, like me, uh, that show is so good and so complex that I refuse to bring it up on the podcast. So I'll sound like a moron more so than normal. But if you are over, you know, if you've watched the 10 episodes of The Expanse, you're like, man, what am I going to watch now? Watch this. That's the reason why I did it. So uh, next week, that's uh, who's got that? Jimmy has got yes, that. Sir. What what are we doing here? here? And what do we got on side? We B? are going to be talking to Steve Van Sampson, the author of the book that we've talked Hell about, yeah. Mark of the Witchworm, upcoming release from Rough House Publishing. It is a horror fantasy book. Steve is a very awesome dude, in my opinion, a great writer. And we're going to talk about a really bad movie from 1991 with him. And that movie is Samurai Cop. 
that he picked, by the way. Steve picked it. We're going to pick it apart. I've, I've said some words to him about that. I hope they were good words because this movie was one of those movies that was so terrible. It was great. So stick around. Come back for that next week. We'll talk to you then. Good morning. Good afternoon. And good night.